dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. Ah, uh, yes, welcome to another blockbuster edition of the Carve Up. We've got a massive, massive night planned ahead tonight. We're going to be talking about the WSL Connors up in Trestles. Um, we're down to the semi finals for both the uh, the guys and the girls. We've got some massive, massive dramas massive. with the judging. And uh, we're also going to be talking to the Connors director of the Bacardi Surf Tour, which is going gangbusters over there on the north side, um, Steve Harrow Harrison, as well as talking to Monty Weber about um, Midget Farrelly, all things Midget. Yeah, um, that was pretty sad. Uh, yeah, pretty know, sad. The great man, Major Farrelly, passing, and they uh, they had the paddle out for him early, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Saw a few photos. It looked like a real big turnout. That's exactly right. So, uh, and we've also got Will Weber up in Ang- our Angari studio, looking a picture of health. We oh love my God, and I can't we believe we've got, we've got visuals tonight, mate. There you go. We, we can't hide anymore, mate. We've got to oh hide anymore. Gosh. Glad I got the yoga pants on tonight, and those not that little hot uh, Brazilian number I had. Exactly, Steve. Welcome to the carve up, mate. Good to have you. Yeah, mate. Stoked. Um, mate, heard about the show and uh, mate, all good. Just here to um, talk and carve it up with the boys, mate. That's what plenty to carve up this week, mate. <laughs> yeah, plenty. Mate, we're we go- fucking getting right into yeah, it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> now we're going to get to your surf tour a little bit later, but at the moment, boys, we're into the um, we're into the semifinals of the of the Trestles Comp over there in California. Um, mate, there's been all sorts of things happening. There's been breaching sharks. There's been Shithouse judging, and um, we've got Parco having a bit of a resurgence. Mate, you know what? I haven't even seen a heat of Parco surf. I've not seen him surf one wave in this comp. He's just been absolutely uh, under the radar. Yeah, he's been at the back end of the well, draw, but he's he's copping those late Arvo heats where there's a little bit of crust on the face and that, but he's still obviously laying down some big numbers, getting through heats. And, um, well, he won in Karamis, I think, in um, yep. 2013, was yep. it? That was his last... Around that time, but um, semis at least for Parco and uh, another big result, mate. This um, this 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 contest is here for him to win, I reckon. I mean, him and Joy. I mean, Jordy. Jordy just seems to he just seems to put himself out there, and then he just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to get out. Or just he just seems to be always putting himself there and doesn't get there. But mate, there's been some howling judging decisions this competition. I know uh, Gabriel Medina and Julian Wilson have. Absolutely filthy to the point where they've oh, gone on social a, media and um, what about call, Wilco? Out, call the judges hey. out and Wilco. Let's let's go from the first one because the first the first judging discrepancy was in round two. Wilco in the first heat in the morning. Will you were one of the first to uh, blow up about this? What do you think? Well, mate, the score was there a hundred percent. I mean, this is the stuff they've scored him on all year long. That one in the first two comps, his backhand bottom turn was deep. I mean, that's what Slater's doing and what's working for Joel. It was such a full wave. He did five turns, then did his, you know, new trademark claim, and then did another five turns. Like, I mean, those last five turns should have been an extra point anyway. There was no way in the world that wasn't a score. Harrow, what do you think? Yeah, mate, those um, heats that are tight like that, obviously he put himself in a position for that to happen, like he's surfing against Brett Simpson. And um, let's <laughs> just go back. He's, he's the golden child. He's the golden child. Uh, the golden child of Sea Street. In, in California, like he, yeah. he, he won the um, – when they put 100 grand up at Huntington US for Open. the US Open, like I think he won it back-to-back, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you could call him that. But Wilco's lost to two wild cards now in yeah. a row. Like he dropped anchor at yeah. Chopu. He lost there. And then now he's had this, this tight heat. But whether or not, you know, he got the score or he didn't get the score – the the thing is, he's going for a world title, and he put himself in a position to get beat by Brett Simpson. That's right. That's exactly. 
And it's been and it's been sort of it's been, his losses have been built. I think you can't build losses, but that's what he's been doing. I mean, they just <laughs> he he come out of the blocks firing, but yeah. now he just seems to be. I mean, he had that much of a lead, but he's sort yeah, of just yeah. chipping away. He's just chipped and chipped away at it until now it's gone. I think it's um you know like when Taj would have those years and he there'd be a section of the year where Taj was unbeatable and going to run, and then he would just lose all momentum yeah. again because there was a bit of a break between events. So. Wilco's sort of similar. He he won Newcastle. He's won three yeah. events in a row. He won Newcastle, into the Goldie, yeah. into Bells. Yeah. So, like, then all of a sudden there's a bit of a break. We went to Margaret River. I think he got a ninth or a 13th, something like that. But there's nothing to say that Wilco can't tear through Europe and bring this back going into pipe because let's just have a look at last year. Adriano D'Souza won the world title at pipe, which means that yep. anything can happen. Exactly <laughs> we, we, we've talked about Wilco and, and, you know, what could have been, but we haven't talked about the judging because, boys, I think his first ride, with his first scoring ride was a six-point something or other, and he did maybe, like you said, Will, I think he did five turns and he busted the fins out and, you know, surfed it really well. But for his second wave not to get a high score, his second yeah. ride was scored lower than his first ride. It, it beggars belief. I don't understand how the judges could have scored that second ride lower than his first. I, I don't understand it, Will. Man, especially when they've got the thing like an NRL with the bunker and they do confer and look back at it. I did it because um, I missed the heat live. I looked over the analyzer and you just go back to and fro and you don't even have to compare it to uh, Bart Simpson's waves. You just <laughs> look at his two and just go, guys, like, I've got this idea perhaps at the end of the day when you've got like in the cricket while they've got all the technology now is to eliminate the howler. That was a howler. There's been a couple of howlers. Do you get a few of the surfers, you know, the top five or ten, and you review it and you go, look, mate, I'm sorry, you didn't win the heat. Cop it on the chin and um, you're not here tomorrow. Harrow, you're a Connors director, mate. Are we, like, Will's just brought up something like yeah. a bunker system here. Could, could we be seeing something along the lines of a captain's call or a, you know, a, a, yeah, something yeah, that's yeah, a, a blatant yeah. howler? You know what I mean? Like the like the Wilco yeah. one, and I'm and I'm going to the Gabe Medina one as well. I'm no fan of Gabe Medina, um, but that I saw the split screen of the Tanner Gadowskis wave yeah. and Gabe Medina's wave. Well, another and, golden boy, another, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. But mate, that was honestly yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a no-brainer. I well, cannot believe he didn't get that score. The, the process is obviously. The surfer comes up and has a chat to the head judge, and depending on how you know they angle the conversation, their aggressiveness or whatever, we'll, we'll have you know the, the head judge has to deal with that at the same time as what's going on in the water and and future heats that are going to happen throughout the day. You know what I mean? So when someone approaches the the say call it the judging tower, yep. it does bring you know that position where okay this guy wants answers he's not happy but everyone sort of knows from a board rider's level the way surf events are there's never been a result that's been turned yeah no. exactly you know what i mean Harrow, so, look yeah. there has been one turn but i'll get to that in a second <laughs> they have um at the end of the day the surfer's got a right to talk to the head judge for 30 minutes i read an article nick carroll did today um, so you've got 30 minutes and it won't be turned. So you may, or you may as well just go there and cry and just insult the bloke. The heat that was <laughs> turned was in the Aussie titles when Todd Branson and some others turned on my little brother Ben <laughs> and hassled him so badly. And you should have seen little WW with his buck teeth in those days going up and taking on the whole West Aussie tribe. 
but they said it was such poor sportsmanship that they reran the heat the next day, which Ben then, by backing me up, got fourth. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's also been talk. There's, there's talk of conspiracy theories as well, you know, with, um, you know, the WSL wanting John John to, you know, take the world title out this year. Because yeah. you look at the judging over the, you know, over the course of the year, and they're pretty spot on. They all know exactly what type of turns and what type of wave yeah, gets yeah. scores. They're all within, you know, they're all within point, you know, five of each other's scores. So for every judge to to give Gab the lower score, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like the, you know, it, it's, it's almost it's well, a, they're, hard they're, to believe. They're obviously having conversations up there in the box when it... Should that be happening? Well, should they be talking amongst themselves? And, and the other issue is, is should they know... Should they be able to listen to the commentary and know the situation in the heat and what the surfer needs? Because you come down to the last couple of minutes in a heat yeah, and true, someone true. needs 7.2 or whatever it is, a wave gets ridden. The judges automatically are comparing that wave to did he or didn't he get the 7.2? Is it under or over? And if it is under or over, by how much? So is it, it like, like should, be in, should they be in a booth where they can't hear the situation? Maybe. Like the old... Um what was that show? It used to be on TV and they used to get Maxwell the Maxwell Smart, the no, um, Cone of Silence. <laughs> family Feud. Yeah. Just put them in the box like a Family yeah. Feud <laughs> with shit yeah. music playing. <laughs> so in saying, so you know, in saying all that, it's, it's thrown the world title race wide open now yeah. because all the big, yeah. all the big guns have, have uh, they're out, they're out. So it's really thrown a spanner in the works. Well, so. it's given um, like Geordie and guys like that. Geordie's still an and, event. And Kelly, and Kelly yeah. So like, if Geordie was to win this event and then go on a tear in Europe. Like he's he's well and truly in the mix, yeah. but just getting back to Medina, let's like people have got short memories. Like the howler at Pipe last year yeah. to oh, deny yes. Mick Fanning with the, yeah, with a, the air. A, a, a world title. So yeah, 100%. My, my my gripe there is is that you've got a guy that's dropped anchor with priority sitting out the back waiting to surf Pipeline traditionally. Yeah. Then you've got a guy under priority that's just staying busy, just going for corkscrew air reverses. Like, yeah. is, is, is that what the judging panel is encouraging people to do? Just to paddle out there and take off on closeouts nah, and do airs? It was, like no a, it was like a beach break wave. But listen, wave. just on just on Medina, what do you think of his behaviour? Like in the water, the clapping, when he knew he didn't get the score, carrying like a pork chop. He's a, I, I dare say, he's not a uh, very good sportsman. Like, you know, we see him punch their boards, surfers punch their boards, or, you know, blow up a bit. But, you know, I thought he, like, the constant clapping and the carry on, like, he. Sure, he's got his opportunity to go up and march up the stairs and give him a gobful. Fine, but yeah. I just thought that was poor taste. It was childish, Mate, really. Just childish. Have you ever shaved your armpits? It's fantastic to clap. <laughs> 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 Mate, well, we saw, um, you know, obviously he's a feisty competitor. He's there to win. Yeah. And then we saw when um, he had the interference at the start of last year with Micro and he yeah. was, you know, in that interview, yeah. they kind of cut it short because he was – prepared to blow up. He snaked his own mate in the first round at Trestles. He got the yeah, interference yeah, yeah. call, but he, he still got the score. Yeah, so like, just going back to what you said, he he's a feisty character and, not, you know, there is a world title on the line and they're obviously getting upset when they're... The other thing is, Trestles is that event that people talk about. You win that event, you take a lot of momentum going into Europe. Yeah, These right. guys know they've got to get on a run now. That was a big event. And for those three guys to go early... Mate, they're all going to be pissed off. So who wins? Well, Toledo. Toledo. Toledo wins this event. I don't think the swirls meant to pick up. They didn't surf today. If there's a little pulse tomorrow, he, he served pretty good against Kelly. I thought, you know, Mate, uh, yeah. he, he, he's my tip. He's my tip the, for the event. The reason, the reason I'd agree with you, Cooper, is that they've got this new thing that's not written in the criteria, and that's to dirty up your surfing. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, man, he is not looking that pretty. 
the stuff he did against Slater, that was pretty crabby surfing, even though he threw the airs in. So maybe this new change of judging, they did it at Pipe, like you said, with Medina. They changed the criteria there. It looks like they've changed the criteria mid-year to surf ugly. Yeah, true. Boys, what about the women's side? I watched the uh, Chris Moore, Steph Gilmore heat yesterday. Chris Moore just bussing airs at will. Uh, Steph Gilmore tight in the pocket, surfing unbelievably well. I thought it was a, the standout heat of the day, as a matter of fact. Mate, I think Tyler, if Tyler can win this one, mate, she can really... Nearly, really she's nearly away. home, yeah. yeah. She's nearly home, so I'm, I'll be rooting for her, mate. I just think it's good to see Steph back at the top. She, you know, obviously she spoke about having a bit of a monkey on her back, just getting a string of fifth placing. So for her now to make the semis, it might give her the confidence to be able to go on for it. But, you know, when she's on a wave, like the style that she has and the, and the yeah, power yeah. in the turns and the positioning of where she puts the board... Um, it's pretty easy for her to pull some big scores, especially at Trestles when that wave's so unforgiving. Yeah, and Nikki Van Dyke, another young Aussie, made a first semi-final. Good for her. Good for her. Mate, she's... the um, Sage Erickson, like, mate, she's just come out of the clouds, but is that the uh, California thing as well? No, another golden, <laughs> another golden child. Anyway, that's enough for the WSL. Yeah, we're done with them. A... We're done with them. Rats ask them. We might take a short <laughs> break, and uh, we'll be back with you soon on the carve-up. Yeah, and welcome back to the carve-up. Now, um, you know, we're, we've, we've got a special guest in here today, and um, he's the contest director of the Bacardi Surf Tour. It's a, um, it's a tour that's kicked off. I think it's a five-event yep. uh, tour. Yep. Um, Steve Harrow-Harrison, um, we've just uh, wrapped up a contest on the weekend, I think one by Diane Neves. So he beat Bondi's own Perth Stanley in the final. Um, Steve, give us a little bit of a rundown about how it all came about and, and how it's going. Yeah, well, just um, had a bit of an idea a couple of years ago about doing a series of events for surfers in and around Sydney and New South Wales that didn't have the coin to be chasing points overseas. So there's plenty of guys that, that rip that, you know, work full time and there's not a great deal of prize money on offer for them or events for them other than pro juniors because they lowered the age from under 20s to eight, under 18. So there's those guys now that are um, looking to compete. So there was a, you know, a bit of a void there as far as surfing event goes for guys to compete and, um, yeah, mate, there's a, there's a lot of competition out there as far as um, who's won the events. Like, um, Conor O'Leary was, was beaten by Blake Thornton in the first event at Cronulla in, like, chunky five-foot conditions. And then yeah. we saw Shane Campbell from Allura. He won at North Curley on that, um, you know, 50-year storm weekend. And then uh, we've seen Dayan take it out on the weekend at Freshwater in one- to two-foot slop. So yeah. I'm... So the guys you've mentioned there, Conor O'Leary, you know, yeah. pretty close to being on the tour. I think he missed out by two spots, if yeah, I'm not well, mistaken. He's, he's coming second, yeah, and there aren't a great deal of events left, so he's looking good. Blake Thorne from Maroubra, he's uh, he did a, a year on the tour, yeah. maybe two, and of course, uh, Dayanib did a few few years. So, I mean, yeah. the level of surfing is uh, exceptional. Yeah, well, the other thing was, if you have a look at who lost on the weekend, so Nick Squires made semis, Harley Ross Webster was the other one, so... Um, he scores won the uh, Maribor the car. Yeah, yeah, he he won the car. The QS one thousand. Yeah, yeah, earlier in the year. So, um, mate, Squiz is a great, powerful surfer. He loves to compete. He runs a, a, a surf um, performance academy down there at Wollongong. And um, Geordie Lawler got a fifth placing. Kai Warner got a fifth placing. So Geordie's just come back from finishing second in a in a QS one thousand over in um the Outer Banks at, at Virginia there. So. Mate, once we got down to the final eight on the weekend, it was, you know, pretty much anyone's. It was red hot, but we, we ran man-on-man heats with priority. Yep. So I think that's where Perth and Dayan 
and those guys that had experience competing yeah. on the CT, they um well well Perth hasn't been yet on the CT, but there was that, that those experienced guys came through and, and really got the, got the result. Well, what do you think about this? You know, we've often talked on this show about you know the, the Connest scene, I suppose is what you call it, and you'd like to see changes. You know, to the different criteria, but you know, something like this where we all know that there's local rippers at all our beaches, right? And for for the same reason you said, the, the amount of money that it costs to, to go on the QS and surf, you know, let's be honest, go to Brazil and surf one foot shit when you could, yeah. you know, you could do that at your own, you know, Bondi, or Manly, or wherever it may be. At Freshy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what, what do you think? That I think it's a great concept that you know you're giving guys who are still good enough to compete at, at a higher level an opportunity. Man. How many comps you got on, Harrow? Like, I'm full hats off to you. It's five altogether. Unreal. And does it uh, accumulate to a grand yeah. final? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the overall winner gets two and a half grand, and it's the best four out of five events. No, well, good on you, mate, because it's so needed. Um, look, there's been, I'd hate to get dark, there's been suicides in surfing um, really a lot lately and it's guys that have been surfing and there's nowhere to go so for you so to have true. something mm. you know a lot of guys when I was on the tour I went I've run out of money I'll be happy to go home and get a job which I didn't get I'll go down south with my mates but to be able to work and then carry your love of surfing yeah, which that's is, what it is. And, and competing you know? and competing yeah, yeah. and Man, to go down and throw the jersey on and still feel like you're doing something. I remember um, winning quite a few ITN heats. <laughs> and, mate, going back to Rose Bay on the 322, just feeling fantastic. <laughs> so, mate, full hats off to you because, you know what, people need this because we can't have this one goal of the WSL and yeah. the just about unfinancially backable WSL thing. Like, I sponsor a young guy and it's hard enough for me just making boards. Now, how many guys are going to make it out of Australia? It, it's criminal, you know? Yeah, it's not a so great deal. So good on you, mate. Yeah, cheers, brother. There, we'll, mate, we are just talking before the show. We got this, this joke amongst a few of us over on the northern beaches about people on social media still trying to be relevant, putting photos up of themselves from back in the day. But for Dayan, it was perfect because he's back being relevant. He's 38. You know, he only competes in board riders these days. But it's exactly what you said about putting the jersey back on, he still surfs every day. He's got a love for it. This is his sport, you know. So, like, when you've got all those older guys that play soccer and they play cricket and they play rugby league, they still stay in their sport at an yeah. amateur level. So yeah. this is what this tour is. It's to give those guys that still want to have a crack and even a stepping stone for younger guys that come out of the Pro Junior Series that don't have the coin to go and chase QS points overseas, mate. Well, they can take on the experienced guys like Dayan and Blake Thornton. Hundred percent. Is it is it affiliated with the WSL? Like, is it is the ratings points? No, at no, all. It's, 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 so, they've, so, so, for instance, uh, someone who's having a break from the tour can't can't come back and compete in one of the oh, mate, yeah, yeah, tour yeah, mate, I'm, I'm not telling anyone they can't compete, but mate, the old um, WSL <coughs> probably wouldn't look yeah, too fondly yeah. at them. You know what I mean? But it's totally. I'm independent. This, this tour is independent, so mate, anyone can rock up and have a crack. And how many? How many to? How many surfers you got involved? Yeah, well, we, we, we can take up to 52 surfers per event. The other thing I want to point out is it's a one-day event and the winner gets $1,000 on the day. Yep. So, like, you know, it's a good wedge for a bloke to go and surf five heats. They walk around for oh, 1000 bucks. Where, where do you get these entry forms? <laughs> <laughs> so if Mick you, Mock? If, yeah. <laughs> Mate, yeah, he's, he's a legend around Manly. But if you compare it to, say, a QS 1000, where the winner gets 2000 bucks, but you've got to compete for four days straight, you've yeah. got to surf a 1,000 heats, you've got to go and spend accommodation and get in there. 
Mate, how do you make a buck out of doing that? Like, right. like, like, like the winner's probably the only bloke making money. Out, out of the 52, have you got many like interstate or do you get any international competitors? Yeah, well, Christian Kimmerson. Um, yeah, there's a couple of Brazilian guys that have based themselves around. That's the guy we watched uh, surfer that surfer yeah, cup. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Well, he's coming 26 at the moment on the QS. Like in a, he's in a position guy to qualify. Rips. So whilst he was in Sydney just with a bit of downtime, he's like, yeah, mate, I'm going to have a crack at these events and see how it goes. So, mate, he made a semi at um in the first event at Cronulla. There's guys coming down from Newcastle Central Coast down south, you know. So it, it's just sort of it's got the reach there of all that crew that you know. Jay Quinn and Ty Watson, those types of guys coming up from Colborough. Now, yeah, mate, we get you know a lot what? of you go yeah, well. Can I put in here? Yeah. You know what's great about that, Harrow, is that by having the international guy, you don't hate it as being a local surfer. We used to have Chewy Rainer turn up, and yes. the odd, you know, <laughs> don't you love that? Capo, hey, kiss. Yeah, capo, yes. Yeah. But you see him, and even though it was a bit sad they got the seed. You know, but you got to see what you're going towards. Even though we've got so much internet and uh, social media, to actually compete against a guy that you might be, you know, banging heads with down the line, good on you for letting him in the comps. Oh yeah, mate. Cheers. Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, the the thing was, the Brazos have got so much support even here in Sydney. So as Christian Kimmerson was getting through more heats, there was more people rocking up on the beach to cheer for him. But it just raised the intensity of those heats. Like he's throwing down these massive air reverses and like you know it really did raise the bar for connor and and nick squires and um and bemi and those guys matt bemrose to to lift their game because they're surfing against an international flavor now it's a great idea great concept mate you know we get plenty of young blokes listening to this podcast uh if they want to surf you know there's a couple events left you got two more events remaining october 9 is the deck bar dy pro and then um the final events at monovale on october 30 and, um, mate, yeah, big parties afterwards. Like, I'm still struggling from Sunday night <laughs> at uh, the Stowaway Bar. I had about, you know, mojitos and espresso martinis. That's the thing with these Bacardis, mate. It's not like drinking beers. You're drinking cocktails. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, it's, like, like, like it's not sponsored by Bundaberg Rum. <laughs> in all sorts of trouble. I want to learn about this Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> we, might, uh, we might get the winner of the last event on the phone if we can after the break. Hey, Neve, we'll see how we go. Welcome back here on The Carve Up. And, guys, it's a real coup for uh, The Carve Up and all you listeners out there. We have the most relevant man in surfing today. He just came off a big win down there at Freshie in one foot closeouts. We've got Dan Neve on the line. Dan, congratulations, mate. Thank you very much. Mate, tell us a bit about the, uh, the relevant thing, mate. We've just been talking to Harrow, and it's, it seems to be a big thing at the moment, mate. You, uh, you're back. You're back in the winner's circle. How to feel, mate, and how are the waves? And um, I've been reading all over the um, internet everywhere about your nickname, Boxbody, and uh, how did that sort of uh, – how did that, did that help you, Hindi, on these waves, mate, over the weekend? Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's good to be back in the spotlight, mate. It's, um, the whole relevance call comes down to a few of us old boys – we used to be, you know, we used to be running hot, and uh, it's gone cold for a long time. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a cold it's, war. It's, yeah, yeah, and uh, it, you know, a little wind like this, it sort of breathes a little bit of life back into the big rig, and um, gets a bit of bit a little bit of relevance back in there. <laughs> People talking about, yeah, it feels good. Mate, last time I was at Harbord, I saw uh, Rod Kerr do a barrel roll. That was in a bullfrog comp. Yeah. Um, did you attempt any barrel rolls? They were hot no, with no. John Boy Combs and Mikey Beam. I, I might have been, I might have stretched up a bit on the beach, but I didn't get to a barrel roll out in the water. 
Hey, on the serious side, Dana, the, mate, the, um, the competition was pretty hot. I mean, you, um, you, you got through. I think you got a buzzer beater on your semi-final, but, um, mate, there was some, you know, the semi-finals, there was some hot competition in there, mate. So it wasn't sort of, it's not sort of like, uh, you know, it's not sort of a joke, you know, the Bacardi surf to it, it seems to be attracting some good surfers and it was a, it was a great effort to win it, mate. Oh, mate, I, I went to the other two, um, two comps that Harrow's put on the Bacardi surf tour. And, um, mate, it's really hard. I got knocked out first round in the first comp, second round in the second comp, and somehow, mate, won, won this third one. But, I mean, the guys in it are that good. They're all, they're all just throwing big airs down and massive turns, and they're all very relevant at the moment. <laughs> all the kids surfing in the comp. And, um, mate, I, I, honestly, I don't know if Harrow told you, but I rocked up on the day and looked at the surf and went, mate, there is no chance I'm going to beat these kids. So... Yeah, I, that's no, the attitude. I, yeah, I was, <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where if you rock up and you really feel like you need to win, you're going to come dead last. But if you rock up and you go, I didn't, I really need to get back at home by lunchtime because I need to cook dinner for the wife. <laughs> you hey, just look, I want to sneak in before Harrow. I want to sneak in before Harrow too. You mentioned you bombed out first and second heat in the first two comps. I used to love that because that meant for the rest of the comp you could get pissed. But with a one-day comp, you can get pissed anyway <laughs> on, that, on that Bacardi. Yeah, yeah, win or lose. Mate, back in, back in the day, I used to actually set a rule for myself not to allow myself to get pissed unless I made the final day. But that's the beauty of these things is you're making the final day whether you get knocked out first heat or not. Yeah, hey, mate, just um, and, in, in, in the first round, you're surfing against a couple of young punks, one of them being um, North Narrabeen's Jamae Evans, and... He seriously palled you up the up the cliff at Freshy trying to get the inside, and you came in. You said to me, "I'm too old for this shit." But mate, tell us what was going on at the back end of that heat when you knew you were in a position to qualify, and this young bloke's trying to get your inside, but you just had the defiance to hold him off. Comphead. Oh, mate, mate, it it, <laughs> it I wasn't in a good frame of mind. I didn't. I, I didn't like it. I, I, I honestly thought, well, man, what am I doing out here? This is shit out. So I, I just want to go in. But um, <laughs> so, somehow I was just on autopilot and I just kept paddling with him. Yeah. And um, yeah, end, ended up coming out all right. Now, mate, uh, I believe it's the first event victory you've had in around 10 years. It must have been a sweet victory at the, uh, the post-event party. Yeah, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's more like... Um, I think it's more like 15 years, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest wins I've ever had. One of the most prestigious comps I've ever won. <laughs> but, At Freshie. <laughs> in some of the best waves of all time. Yeah. The home of yeah, surfing yeah, but, in front of the Duke statue. Yeah, but I, I couldn't even I, I couldn't even celebrate the comp in style because I needed to go home and look after my daughter. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I need to rejig it at some point. Harrow's going to have to put it on again. Yeah, mate. We'll have to have like a separate celebration party just so you can get on it. Yeah, yeah mate. Harrow. You've been a uh, a former a Clio Bachelor of the Year uh, nominee contestant. Now, is it now winning this competition? Are we going to see? Are they going to come knocking? Relevant. <laughs> are we going to see some added interest here from the magazines and the uh, the media? Oh, yeah, hey, don't tell anyone I paid to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we let you go, mate, we, we just have to ask you your thoughts on the uh, the Trestles event. Any standout moments? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. It was asleep. He's mate, I've, been watching, I've been watching most of it in replay. I, I, I'm spewing that Slater actually came up against Philippe Toledo when he did. I would have liked to see those guys head off in the final because Slater is one of my all-time favourites. And then Toledo is my new favourite. But, um, I, I, mate, I saw the Gabriel thing and I, 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 I thought that Gabriel should have won that. I, I reviewed it and had discussions, and I know that there's people going here and there with it, but um, I think that he won that. The other, the other, the other two were questionable that everyone's been talking about. But um, all in all, I think it's been a really good comp. Just, um, just uh, if the conditions weren't going on shore so quickly, it'd be a bit better for everyone, I think. Well, mate, we were talking about Tanner Gadowskis and uh, Brett Simpson burned the um, WSL's Golden Childs. Well. We know that you're uh, Harrow's golden child at the moment. What, what do you? I know we, you know you can't you know you can't survive at the moment with the Bacardi Surf Tour alone. What else are you doing with yourself at the moment, mate? What, what's relevant at the moment apart from the uh, apart from the winning mate, surfing comps? Mate, mate, I'm married with a three year old daughter and a mortgage. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm working for FCS uh, at the moment. I've been with them for about four years, and um, oh yeah, I'm a sales manager for them or, or a rep, and um, I run around making sure everyone's got fins in their shops. So the um, all that time in the car really must work good for the old box body. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. It, 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 the gravity's just bringing it down. We'll see if we can dig up an old box body photo to put on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah, there we go. I'm the boxiest of the lot. <laughs> Anyway, Dan, yeah, look, K- mate. Kentucky Fried Salmonella. <laughs> mate, congratulations on the win. Look, you know, we, we think it, it's a really good thing what this Bacardi Surf Tour is doing at the moment. Like, not only is it helping a lot of the young kids out, um, you know, that are trying to, you know, work their way up into the, into the, you know, the QS and the WSL, but it's also given, you know, older blokes that have been there and done that uh, still a chance to keep their keep the fires burning, yeah, keep the competitive juices flowing. So, mate, <laughs> congratulations. You're relevant, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Carve Up. We've really appreciated talking to you, mate, and hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully you go. Are you going to be surfing in the next one? Oh, yeah, mate. Well, mate. I'm, I'm searching for a title. Come on. <laughs> back to back to back. Gold yeah. singlet. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, great to talk to you, mate. And uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you again in the near future. Thanks for being on the carve yeah, up, brother. Good talking to you, too. Good on you, mate. Welcome back. You're on the carve up. Uh, great interview there with Dan Neve, boys. That was awesome. Very relevant. On the yes. most relevant uh, surf podcast going around at the moment. Now, listen, uh, Sunday just gone. Australia's first ever world surfing champion, the great Midget Farrelly, was laid to rest uh, up at Palm Beach. Uh, you know, there's a huge amount of people who uh, saw him off. Will, I know um, the great Midget Farrelly, mate, as, as a board shaper, he's, um, he's pretty revered in the board shaping world, isn't he? Well, man, in, he's like the one, really. I mean, most of the blanks that people are inside their surfboards, he's buying their blanks in latter years. Before that, he was groundbreaking. The whole V thing is an argument open to discussion. Um, I mean, his paddle out had the numbers only second to Andy Irons. But the funny thing is there's been a lot of people who have jumped on the midget passing and find that it's hip now. Um, I don't know whether Monty wants to talk about that aspect of it, but the guy lived and breathed the ocean, the wind, and, you know, the happy lifestyle of surfing – 
and I uh, met him a couple of times. You know, I, I knew him and used to get blanks from him as a grommet. Used to go there and hang around the factory with Greg. And uh, mate, he didn't suffer fools, and a very intelligent man. And you know, not celebrated enough in his uh, living years. But in reflection, I'm sure that he's going to be, uh, you know, seen as the king of Australian surfing. Yeah, well, that, that's what I wanted to ask you, mate. Like he was. Uh... Exactly like you said, like he was very polarizing. Like he was, I don't think he got the accolades that he did deserve. I know that they did a, a poll, a recent poll of the top hundred surfers of all time. He never, he never got a mention in that. And there was also a, a poll of the top shapers of all time. He never got a mention in that. Um, I know there was the big feud with Nat Young, um, you know, whether you want to call it a feud or not a feud. But there was something about him that he just didn't get the recognition that he deserved. Until he's passed, and now it, it was starting to come out. But at the time when he was living, he wasn't. He didn't. Whether he didn't chase it, he didn't want the recognition. He didn't want, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that whether um, you know sometimes people don't like intelligent people, and I've seen some old interviews with him, and he's actually got this beautiful delivery at times, a little posh. Um, there was a, a gap in surfing. The Witsigs um, went and did the three films with Nat. Wayne Lynch and, oh, my stupid brain's just slipped right now. Sorry to him. But um, that that made the break. They swear that they didn't uh, go against Midget. But it was just, you know, the times, you know, we had the momentum people that took that era to that era. I think it was just a, a couple of circumstances that changed. And it was so early in the sport that it was just a bit of bad luck, I think. And... You just can't forget his brilliance at the beginning, and it's a pity that it didn't. Um, as I've heard Baddy Trelaw called once from a North Stain surfer, he was the missing link. And you've got this moment in surfing where there is there's no blend, you know. So maybe there was a little gap, and he's suffered that. Well, I think if you look back at it, he was a pretty uh, clean skin kind of guy. Like you know, I know he's really anti drugs and. If you go back to that era of late 60s, early 70s, the free love and the drug taking, which Nat and Bob McTavish and all the rest of them were kind of revered for, maybe that's the reason why he kind of didn't get the recognition accolades because he wasn't part of the gang. He did, get a, there was, he did get a backlash for speaking out against it. Yeah. That's for sure. Harry, what do you think? He, I know he was the – Midget was the first – I think he was the first ever president of DY Board Riders. You've yeah, been yeah, a former yeah. president of a Board Riders club yourself. That's a, you know, that's yeah, a will, big accolade. Mate, you – he just had that aura about him. So, obviously, being from the Northern Beaches, you'd, you'd bump into him and see him out in the surf at, at Queenscliff or North Stain there. But, you know, he was, he was such a graceful surfer. And even, like, any a couple of years ago surfing with him and he's on a longboard, you, you knew where he was the whole time. He, he, he had that about him where he just had that personality and he, he was just, you know, that grin on his face and the, and the way that he rode a wave. Like, mate, I, I was just you know, stoked to be kind of surfing with the guy because he was such a legend. Yeah, exactly. Well, I caught up with Monty Webber earlier today who was at uh, Midget's Paddle Out and here's what he had to say. Well, as we mentioned in the intro, Australia lost a true legend of the surfing world last month. The great Midget Farrelly passed away and they had the paddle out for him last Sunday, as a matter of fact. And a man who was there and who was in the process of making a documentary on Midget's Farrelly's life is Monty Weber and he's on the line. Monty, hello and welcome to the Carver. Yeah. Coops, how are you? Good to speak to you, mate. Really good, mate. Now, uh, no doubt you went down to Palmy on Sunday. Can you just set the scene? Big crowd, no doubt. 
Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It's the first paddle out I've ever been to. I um, was amazed. About a thousand people turned up. There was every different conceivable type of surf craft, including surf boats. So there was a ring of about ten surf boats because in um, the last couple of years, Midget had um, progressed to being this sweep on the female. Palm Beach surf boat and Nick Carroll uh, made a great observation when he said during his speech um, at the ceremony that you could count on the finger of one hand on the single finger of one hand how many people could had mastered as many surf craft as midget no one else had really you know mastered as many surf craft as the great man now Mon you're making a documentary about midget's life but he's been one that's been quite shy of the media. Can you tell us a bit about the, the documentary and, you know, how that came about? Yeah, well, it's pretty interesting. I rang him out of the blue, really, just to check. Um, I wasn't going to bother um, making... Uh, I was just going to write a story for tracks, and I told him... Um, he said, well, how come you've rung me? And I said, well, I find you interesting, but I just thought I won't bother um, embarking on a documentary unless I've got the guy on side. And he said, I'll oh, just do some research and get back to me. And this to and froed for a couple of months. And then when he felt like I... He, he actually made a whole lot of phone calls about me because <laughs> I'd hear from people and they'd say, oh, I got a call from Midget asking whether you were a stand-up character or whatever. And, you know, so all he heard back was that I was just a mad madman, but who could actually write a good profile on a surfer. So he um, he came around and he eventually signed a, a contract for um, a boat named Jolyon Hoff and I, who uh, Jolyon made uh, searching for Michael Peterson. Yep. So he signed a uh, contract uh, to make a documentary with us and we got our preliminary funding from Screen Australia um, just a couple of days after he died, which was unfortunate. Mate, Australia's first world champion, but you know he started shaping boards at the young age of 14. He had a fair bit to do with the development of surfcraft. What, what's the legacy that he leaves in that regard? Oh, mate. Well, the thing is, it's it's actually gone relatively unreported. Um, you know, even though uh, there's some bitterness at the at the time, there's a lot of people kind of were critical of him being so. Um, well, he was reticent to be interviewed. He wouldn't do any of the things that the media wanted him to do. But um, what he did during the shortboard revolution could be compared with what anyone did, any, you know, like McTavish or Greeno. This guy was cutting edge. You know, they, everyone considered him really conservative. But the only conservative thing about him was that he didn't smoke pot. He was a real radical when it came to designing boards. He was very radical when it came to um, not only breaking away from surfing, but getting involved in hang gliding and windsurfing and... And, you know, the last time I talked to him um, before he died, he was, uh, you know, 71, and he was talking about um, he had to live because he wanted to get into kite surfing. How important was surfing to him? It was it was something he did every day, and it wasn't just surfing. It was like it was getting in the water. He had this thing about getting in the water. So um, he certainly, you know, he mastered every different craft like he did work. He, you know, he'd spend, you know, three years getting to be able to be a paddleboarder. He got an 18-foot, he had an 18-foot ski. He said it took him three years to get used to using that. Um, I mean, he very much was a wave rider. But he also just loved getting in the water or above the water with his hang gliding and stuff. So it was just it was just completely, you know, what drove his life. And what would your lasting memory be of Midget? 
well, I suppose his laughter. He, the guy, the guy really had um, a really sardonic sense of humour, and and we laughed often at the expense of others, but but also at, our, at the expense of ourselves. He was one of those guys who's really smart, very erudite, um, articulate, but also could take the piss out of himself and have a good laugh at him and all the other kind of fakes in the uh, surfing industry that <laughs> that we acknowledge. Well, mate, uh, obviously a great loss to the surfing community. Mon, I hope you have plenty of luck getting that uh, film off the ground and speak to you soon. Yeah, yeah, good one. Thanks, Coach. See ya. See you, mate. And welcome back to the Carve Up. Jeez, we've had a great show tonight, boys. Steve, it's been great to have you in, mate. Silky, it's good been, to have someone from over enormous. the other side of the bridge, shooter. It's been enormous. But, mate, at the moment, I can see the red light flashing on the uh, satellite phone. And, it can only um, be one person. It can only on. be one person. Chad Spivens, are you there, you Chad? Get, you, you get me there, guys. Are you getting me loud and clear? <laughs> yes, yes, mate, we can so, hear you. We can down, hear you loud and clear. settle down, judges. I got five judges in a jacuzzi here, and I want you boys to settle down. You've been through the ringer. When you come to my town, you settle with my boys. Hey, guys, settle down, Richard Porter. <laughs> what? Okay, guys, go ahead. Chad, look, you know, the talk of the town, especially around T Street, has been the judging. I know you're pretty close to the judges. Uh, Mate, how did you see first the Wilco heat and then, of course, the one everyone's talking about, Gabe Medina v Tanagadowskis? Well, you don't want to know how close I am to these judges right now. And I wish I had some of those Bacardis here. Hey, get those (laughs) balls off my knees. Man, you know what? Tanner, that's the T. Tanner Gadeskis, the Tanner, it's Tanner Street, man. Forget the guys who lose. They're losers, man. When you come here, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. You're on my turf. My, you know what? You check their DNA. See, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited about this. I can't even talk English. You come to my town, check DNA. These are my children. I've walked these rocks. You're not going to beat them if you're from Brazil, from Ubertuber. Call it what you will. I don't care if the kickflip win comes up. When you come up against my guys, you better watch out for my crowd because it's a super crowd. Mate, there's been talk of a conspiracy to get John John to, uh, to win the world title. Chud there, how, what, how do you, what's your take on that, mate? Look, John John, there's another kid I wouldn't want to check your DNA on. Man, I went to Hawaii way back, 30 years ago. I don't know how old the kid is, but I, I froze some sperm over there once at Rocky <laughs> Point. I consummated it at rock piles. My little John John, man, it's where we want to take this. WSL, it just means let's go, let's just go forward. My children are my children. You know what? There's something I see here. I was a little worried about you, Wilco boy. I want him back on his rollerblades. I want him shaving his head like Tarsh Burrow. But, you know, I thought guys deeply, do they want a guy from the Central Coast to win? But you know what? I got a dark horse. What about our AC boy, our Adrian Bukan? You know, they're going to call him like Padang Padang. Adrian Ace Bukan Bukan. I'd be watching out for him. I don't know if I've answered your questions, but who's got time for questions? I'm like the Bobby Flay of surfing. Chad, last time we spoke to you was uh, you were in hospital with a, with a severe kidney uh, ailment. Can you tell us how you've recovered so far? Well, speaking of Bobby Flay, 
No one does a kidney like Bobby Flay. I don't know if you've got the cooking channel there in Australia. I sure do over here. But you know that little fucking bomb, that, oh, geez, the <laughs> F-bomb, it came out. I'm going to have to go and see the commission. But that little, Web, little Weber man, he sent me over some of his kidney, a small sample, and I'm back. i got the yellow out of my eyes, all the stuff of Brazil. I've been down to the Paralympics. It's been fantastic. You know, I lent them a hand, so to speak. You know, I'm feeling fit as a fiddle, ready for Europe. And you know what I want to do in Europe? Mile high, baby, Lufthansa style. <laughs> All right, Chubb, mate. As always, it's been a pleasure to have you on the ground down there at the Trestles event. And we're really looking forward to you getting to the Europe League, mate. We can't wait to see what that's got in store. But, mate, keep your ear to the ground there, mate. Keep us up to, up to date and informed, and we'll uh, talk to you very shortly. Thanks, Chud Spivens. Well, that's just about all we've got time for on the carve up tonight. Steve Harrow Harrison, thanks so much for joining us, mate, and good luck with the rest of your Bacardi Surf Tour. Um, your next event's on October the 9th. At, yeah, mate. DY. At DY, beautiful. Yeah, it's going to be the deck bar DY Pro. So, mate, stoked to be here, and uh, maybe we'll get the winner of that event perfect, on the show. Perfect, mate. We'll be hoping to speak to the winner as well as you again, Silky. Special thanks to Day and Eve for uh, making time to uh, have a chat with us tonight. It was yes. insightful, informative, and high octane. We're, keep, we're keeping him relevant. We're keeping him relevant for as long as we can. And, of course, our, uh, our man up there on the north coast, Will Weber. Thanks for joining us once again, Will. Well, it was lovely to talk to you guys. And, Harrow, I'd just like to see you make a little bronze sculpture of that beautiful Mexican John Shamuka to hand out at every little competition. And I know that Diane Neve Campbell was sitting in a bubble bath <laughs> stroking his John Shamuka trophy. Oh, mate, it's a great idea. And I think we need to have a little schmoo trophy on the bar at every after party as well. Well, that's it for this week's show. Boys, see you all back here next time. You've been listening to The Carve-Up. dude just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them 